Welcome to the Friends of Israel today. I'm Steve Conover. With me is our host and teacher, Chris Katolka. We are really glad you chose to join us today. Chris, we have a special guest. Yeah, we have Dan Price. He's the assistant to the International Ministries Department here at the Friends of Israel. Hey, if you're listening right now, do you know that Friends of Israel was actually founded in 1938? And this is really important to us. This is the reason we're going to have Dan Price on today. Because in 1938, our organization reached out to the Jewish community that was suffering in Eastern Europe. We helped. We had an outreach. We tried to get Jewish people away from Hitler's um, hand that was suffocating them. Uh, Some of them even made their way over to the United States, and we were able to provide them with food and clothing and, and the good news of Jesus the Messiah. But that's the outreach. And we want you to know something. Friends of Israel, we love teaching the scriptures about Israel and the Jewish people. But we also love outreach. We love reaching out to our Jewish friends uh, in in any way possible. And that's why Dan Price is joining us today as the assistant to the international director. He helps oversee our international ministries. And today we're going to be talking about Eastern European relief, something you're going to want to hear. Thanks, Chris. In the news, the chess game that is Israeli politics continues to drag out. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was unsuccessful in forming a coalition government. In order to keep power, his only political advantage is to force a fifth Israeli election in two years. Can you believe that? Conservative Naftali Bennett, leader of the Yamina party, is entertaining Netanyahu's opposition with a coalition called the Change Bloc, which would make Bennett prime minister. Steve, I'm telling you, it's like watching a soccer game with Israeli politics. You know, you kick that ball as much as you possibly can back and forth. There's rarely a goal. That's what it feels like probably in Israeli politics right now. And with the average Israeli uh, person, I, I really think the average Israeli person just wants a coalition government to lead the nation. But here's the thing. A lot of Israelis just don't want Netanyahu to do it. And you can see that. That's why Naftali Bennett, the conservative, is looking to partner with left-leaning Israeli parties. That's why they call it the change block. And they're doing this just to oust Netanyahu. Quite honestly, it's a long shot for Bennett, but anything is possible in Israeli politics. And I'll add this one last thing. I wouldn't rule Netanyahu out just yet. Uh, I don't believe he's finished. Uh, he's surprised us before. So, so keep your eyes on what's happening in Israeli politics. We have a very special guest with us today in studio, Dan Price. He is the assistant to the international director. Uh, Dr. Mike Stollard uh, is the director of international ministries, and Dan helps to assist our reach abroad at the Friends of Israel. Just a fresh reminder for everybody, Friends of Israel is not just a magazine, uh, Israel My Glory. It's not just a radio program. We have workers all around the world that are sharing the good news of Jesus, the the Jewish Messiah, uh, to our Jewish friends all around the world, helping them physically uh, and spiritually uh, and investing in Jewish lives all around the world. And Dan, you get to help oversee a lot of those workers internationally, huh? Yes, I do. And it's my privilege to do so. It's an incredible job. Very, uh, very internationally flavored in our department. And uh, this is something new to you. How long have you been with Friends of Israel now? I've been with the Friends of Israel almost two years at this point. Um, And yeah, so I mean, it is kind of new to me. I I was a pastor for many years prior to this and coming on board at FOI has been a really cool experience. Um, 
very different perspective on ministry, uh, both in its its purpose and its reach. It's been pretty incredible to move from local church to international ministries. And we're blessing God for the opportunity. Yeah, Dan, we're glad that you're with us too. Um, now, before we get started, Dr. Mike Stollard, who is your boss, said, Chris, could you please ask Dan on the radio, who is your favorite professor? So I just want you to know I was commissioned to ask that question, but I'll leave it there. Uh, who was your favorite professor, Dan? He wants Dan? documented proof, huh? Yes, <laughs> he wants documented proof. <laughs> Uh, yes, me and Dr. Mike Stollard, if we're, we're being very formal here, uh, go back a long ways, back to my first pastoral ministry experience, um, uh, and, and even prior to that in seminary. Yeah, he was one of my seminary professors. Um, I guess I have to say there is no seminary professor that has impacted my life as much as Mike Stollard. Was he one of my favorites? He was really hard. Yeah, see, this is tough. This is real tough. And you know what? We have documented proof now. Mike, I hope you're happy. Uh, but I'm glad, Dan, that you could be with us. Uh, let's talk about the Eastern European relief. Let's talk about yeah. Friends of Israel's reach here. You know, I, I was actually thinking about our history at Friends of Israel and some of our earliest ministry uh, in, in, with Friends of Israel is actually to the Jewish communities in Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. uh, now, that was some 60, 70, 80 years ago. Uh, is the Jewish community, is the Jewish ministry in Eastern Europe needed today as it, uh, as it was then? Absolutely. Absolutely. It certainly is. And and some of your listeners may know this already, but the history of FOI is grounded in Eastern Europe. Yep. Um, you know, the work that we did from, from the time of our inception in, in World War II, uh, supporting uh, Jewish communities and, and even some of the folks that were involved in the nitty gritty of, of the resistance, for example, in, in Poland and, and things like that. We, we have a, a, a long history with Eastern Europe. We care about the the Jewish communities there. We want to bless Israel there as we do around the world, both with our, our humanitarian aid and relief, trying to provide some physical comfort to Jewish folks, as well as our, our desire to provide spiritual relief uh, with gospel outreach opportunities. So yes, it's very, very near and dear to our heart, uh, the ministry in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Dr. Victor Buxbazen, the founder or the, the first, I'm sorry, the very first mm -hmm. executive director of Friends of Israel was a Polish-born yes. Jewish man himself. So yes. that area was very near and dear to him. He escaped the Holocaust. So yeah, he invested a lot of energy there. Yeah. I guess my question too is, you know, have the effects of the Holocaust, even, you know, decades later, we're talking 80 years now, they seem very real still in Eastern Europe. Yeah. Can you talk about that? It seems like it still has its tentacles in some way in the communities there. It, it certainly does. I mean, you can't, have lived through that type of experience or your culture have gone through that. Yes, it's very, very much still a present issue. For example, um, just recently, one of our, our uh, reps, one of our team members in Poland um, sent me uh, a news bit, uh, a piece of news about what was happening in Poland. Apparently, there was a book recently published called uh, It Is Still Night. I don't know if you've heard of this. Mm -mm. Um, two history um, researchers published this book, and it was all about how um, during World War II, some Polish uh, nationals uh, actually worked with the Nazi regime at the time 
and in persecuting Jewish folks in their own communities. And um, and this this book was a bit controversial because nobody likes to hear that about their <laughs> you know yeah. country or their their uh, grandparents even. Um, mm. And uh, as a result, this there was a lawsuit and. And right now, going through the courts, they're they're talking about um, uh, having to retract everything from this book. Legally speaking, these researchers, mm-hmm. just looking into the history of the Holocaust, are being penalized for doing so. And uh, so, I mean, that's just one example. The Holocaust is an uh, has ongoing effects in the culture and the lives of the people in Eastern Europe and in Poland, especially in this case, um, l- having lived through that was uh it has its effects i believe there's even a law in poland now i can't remember if it's official or not but Mm. that they were wanting i believe it's poland that they were wanting to ban uh like any language that says poland's to blame for the holocaust Mm -hmm. they wanted to put that on germany because they kind of want to begin to move past but it's also a lot of historians are going well you you know there's a lot of anti-semitism at that time coming out of poland it's just interesting how now it's even making its way into those legal yeah. into the into the laws of Poland to say yeah, yeah we, we don't want to say we're to blame for it right. but anyway that's it's interesting how much it still affects eastern europe i actually think this is where friends of israel comes into play now how is our eastern european outreach sharing the light of the messiah to the jewish communities in eastern europe knowing what's going on over there yes yes um well our our team in poland is hard at work they're probably some of our most industrious uh representatives out in the field we kind of categorize our work in in those two major areas uh as the rest of foi does kind of humanitarian aid and and relief for jewish uh communities uh some as well as trying to share the truth of the messiah so um in terms of humanitarian aid uh some eastern european countries are still really struggling following following world war ii following soviet control over the eastern bloc countries um you know pensions are small for jewish elderly folks and medical supplies are thin and some of what of the real tangible work that our folks are doing is is taking food and medical supplies and helping uh jewish jewish folks get the the care that they need as well as providing uh, Purim baskets and Hanukkah baskets and trying to reach into the Jewish communities with uh, the love of Christ, obviously, but in a way that's tangible for them to be able to hear. Um, and then also in terms of trying to share uh, the truth of Messiah, um, you know, I mean, a- a- for years and years, decades, it- their own religions were outlawed. People couldn't practice their religions and and um so folks now at this stage are 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 really open to the gospel in a way in eastern europe that that you know is unprecedented and so we have so many opportunities for teaching about the bible and teaching about christ we do holidays with the bible for adults and for families we do summer camps for ukrainian kids where we bring them over the border from ukraine into poland which isn't an easy thing to do too, no right? especially now right and and uh, we bust these kids in and we give them all these home, uh, supplies and 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 clothing and, and we get to teach them their own their own truth from the Old Testament about Messiah. Yeah. Let me ask you this too, really quick, um, before we, we go to our break. Uh, are any of these Holocaust survivors too that they're ministering to? 
Yes, absolutely they are. And um, some of these these Holocaust survivors are are some of the 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 major focus of some of our reps ministries going into uh, to um, into homes where these folks live and and uh, trying to to be able to minister to them where they are, just reading the Bible with them, praying mm-hmm. with them, and reminding them that there are, that there are people out there, Christians who love them. Now, listen, if you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Dan Price. He's the assistant to the International Director for Friends of Israel. He helps oversee the international outreach. We're specifically talking about the Eastern European outreach that we have. If you want to be a partner with the Friends of Israel in our Eastern European outreach, as we continue to advance the ministry of Friends of Israel, advance the gospel in these areas to help our Jewish friends, I want to encourage you to give to our Eastern European outreach. Steve, can you let our listeners know how they can give, how they can tangibly give, how they can prayerfully give to the Eastern European outreach? Sure can. To learn more about Friends of Israel's international outreach or to give, visit us at foiradio.org. That's foiradio.org. We are continuing our discussion with Dan Price, the assistant to the international director, Dr. Mike Stollard. Dan, do you have any, you know, stories? You know, you're talking about the tangible ways that our team on the ground are impacting a Jewish community in Eastern Europe. Uh, and, and, and that's fantastic. But do you have any stories that you can share with our sure. listeners? Yeah. Um, well, I would, uh, I would mention a story from one of our field reps named Timothy Rabinick. Um, he, uh, he does all sorts of things from teaching ministries. And he also administers a, a Polish blog and a website. And he's putting out videos trying to teach folks the truth of Messiah in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew scriptures. Um, and so, I mean, he's, he's got uh, various little hats that he, uh, that, not little, they're large hats actually, including uh, ministering to Ukrainian, displaced Ukrainian teenagers in Warsaw, Poland. Mm. Um, supposedly there, one statistic said there's a, a, a million displaced Ukrainians because of some of the conflict with Russia over mm-hmm. Crimea and uh, some other things going on there. Um, so they're they're ministering to uh, Ukrainian teenagers, some of them Jewish, in Warsaw, Poland. Um, but recently, one of his other ministries that he does is uh, he goes into other countries near where Poland is on the border. Uh, one of those is Belarus. And when he goes into these countries, he and some of the interns that are with him usually bring um, gospel literature and tracts and Bibles in the language of the folks that he's going to minister to. And then he goes in, works through uh, churches to minister to Jewish communities around those churches in those various countries, Belarus being one of them. Well, recently, um, uh, earlier this year, he had an experience where he and his team were trying to cross over the border into Belarus. Well, part of the trouble is that uh, Belarus is experiencing some political turmoil mm-hmm. right now in in relation to Poland they're blaming Poland for some some of the unrest and so nobody from Poland was being able to cross the border and when Timothy and his team got to the border they were they were bluntly told no one from Poland is coming in it's not happening wow and and you know person after person trying to cross from Poland into Belarus was being turned away turned away and turned away 
Well, Timothy and his, his team had to decide what to do. Um, and they decided that they were just going to kind of pull themselves out of line and they were going to pray for a little while. And so they spent some time asking God for help. And when they did, they felt the, that it was clear to them that they needed to at least try to cross the border, not knowing what would happen or if they would even make it or if all of their literature that they had hidden in their baggage was going to be able to cross with them. Yeah. And they got up there to where the, the, the crossing was and the guards ushered them through as if it was a normal day, no quarantine involved, no, no question about who they were or where they were going or what they were going to do, usher them right on through. And they didn't even have to quarantine, uh, you know, afterwards. Amazing. And it was the most incredible experience. And everyone in Belarus was just shocked that <laughs> Timothy showed up on their doorstep. And it's just an, an awesome story of how God is working through the team there in Poland. That's fantastic. And it sounds like the team is expanding, too, which is what, you know, we've been praying about this. Not only I'm in the North American Ministries Department, so I help oversee our workers here in the United States and in Canada. Um, and so you and I are uh, compadres in helping to see the expansion of our Absolutely. field work. So we share that bond um, but, you know, something that we've been praying for, and I'm, I know it's certainly something that you and Mike have been praying about, mm. is seeing the teams expand yeah. around the world so that right. our reach for the gospel, our reach for helping our Jewish friends continues to grow. And even the reach of being able to share the truth about Israel and the Jewish people in churches. You know, that's just not something that we, we do here in the United States. This is being done all around the yes, world. Yes, it is. Uh, but we, we're seeing our team expand in Eastern Europe. Isn't that right? Yeah, we're very excited. Um, recently, we just brought on our very first full-time field rep in Ukraine. So for us, that that makes an additional country that we're that we actually have personnel ministering on the ground in now. Um, we just brought on uh, Tatiana Kratenko. Um, we we call her Tanya, um, and she is ministering in Kiev, Ukraine. That's where she lives. Uh, she's had these wonderful connections with Jewish communities in Kiev for for years. Um, she, she has connections with rabbis that I thought were completely inaccessible to us Gentiles. Like she, <laughs> she has, uh, she has a really cool ministry and her husband as well, actually, Yuri, uh, his translation ministries is, that he does. So we're excited to have them on the team. Can I tell you a quick story yes. about, about Tanya? Please. Um, so one of the things that she kind of specializes in, in her ministry is, uh, trying to provide uh, help to Jews who want it, want to make Aliyah, mm. you know, to immigrate to, to Israel. And um, she has so much experience with uh, the council in uh, Kiev and with the paperwork involved. I mean, it can be a rather daunting task, but she offers this help to, to folks who want to, to Jewish folks who want to make Aliyah. And as she does, she tries to tell the, the truth about Messiah to them at the same time. Well, recently she was um, put in contact with someone named uh, Ludmilla, and uh, Ludmilla tells this story about um, how she, growing up with her grandmother, her grandmother always told her that the Jews didn't always live in difficult conditions like they had mm -hmm. been living in in Ukraine. And her grandmother always told her, Jews have our own special land. We have our own special country. And one day, we're going to go live there together. 
grandmother always Maybe. told Ludmilla this. And um, so this was on her heart since she was a little girl. And Tanya had the opportunity to come alongside Ludmilla and, and help her with this process of making Alia. In fact, she, she took her to her home. <laughs> For four days, she hosted her. And she coached her up on how to do the interview and how to do the paperwork and how to present her story in a compelling way that was going to make it easier for her to, to get the visa for immigration. And along the way, she got to tell her all about Messiah. That's awesome. And, and we love seeing those types of opportunities. And, and uh, um, currently now Ludmilla is in Israel and uh, we're still praying for her that she might accept uh, Christ as her savior. So, um, but we're so excited about Tanya and Yuri and the ministry that they have there in Ukraine. So yeah, we're, we're excited about our team expanding. And my first interaction with Tanya too was, uh, during a staff chapel that we had online when she was introduced. And I remember, I forget who it was saying, uh, she's going to sing us a song. Is this right? Yeah. And, and I thought, wow, we were all on Zoom. You know, it's a, like a, it's a, it, so I was thinking, oh, this will be good. We could hear a song. But though she has the most amazing I know, voice too. right? Amazing yes. voice. I, I felt like I was in an opera. Classically trained. Yes. Classically trained. She's in, yes. she's in the Ukraine singing. And I'm thinking, this is, I, I feel like I should have paid somebody for that experience. <laughs> But uh, I, I'm so glad to hear that expansion going on. I'm so glad to hear that Tanya is 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 uh, continuing to grow the work in Eastern Europe and that mm -hmm. she's already busy doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I think that's a lot of exciting things happening over there. Can you tell yeah. us, though, really quickly, what are some needs that uh, Eastern Europe has? Well, uh, currently, we we truly feel like it's like Christ said, like Jesus said, the, the, the harvest is huge and the laborers are few. And um, we have so many different opportunities for bringing on some new team members, for uh, developing the ministry in different ways. Uh, over this past year, obviously, um, ministry has been completely revamped, you know, not being able during the pandemic to, to, to go into churches and to go into Jewish nursing homes and to be able to, to minister in the same way that we always have. We've expanded opportunities digitally and all all sorts of stuff like, like, uh, like in other areas of ministry, but, um, all these new areas of ministry and more countries that we want to reach in the Eastern Europe. Um, and we're, we're praying that God provides us both the opportunity, the personnel, and also the funds to be able to do it. And, and our Eastern European relief fund is one of the ways where we, uh, where we ask folks to partner with us in in reaching into Jewish communities in Eastern Europe uh, to to really provide that that humanitarian relief uh, as we also take the gospel there, so that's a big opportunity. Dan, thank thank you so much. You know, uh, Steve Conover already mentioned earlier that you can go to foiradio.org to find out ways that you can partner with the Eastern European Relief Fund to help not only spread the good news of Jesus the Messiah, but also to help physically uh, to provide some tangible needs to those Jewish people who desperately need it. So again, be sure to go to foiradio.org. Dan, thank you so much for being with Absolutely. us for the first time in the studio. I really know. appreciate it. <laughs> it was great. Thank you, Chris.
Thank you for joining us today. It was great to have Dan Price on with us. Chris, where are we headed next week? So, you know, we just a couple of months ago wrapped up a revelation conference that we did online and it was very popular. So I'm going to actually be speaking on two messages uh, over the next two weeks on the book of Revelation, and which, which is going to give our audience an opportunity to get their hands on a copy of our ultimate ending DVD, a great teaching resource for the book of Revelation. So come on back next week, the book of Revelation. Our host and teacher is Chris Katolka. Today's program was produced by Tom Gallione. Our theme music was composed and performed by Jeremy Strong. And I'm Steve Conover, executive producer. Our mailing address is FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. Again, that's FOI Radio, P.O. Box 914, Belmar, New Jersey, 08099. And one last quick reminder, visit us at foiradio.org. The Friends of Israel Today is a production of the Friends of Israel Gospel Ministry. We are a worldwide evangelical ministry proclaiming biblical truth about Israel and the Messiah while bringing physical and spiritual comfort to the Jewish people. 